Welcome to Next Fix Podcast. We're here for episode two. And this week, we are going to talk about why hard conversations are needed, what harm reduction looks like, and ending the stigma. Last week was so great with Sonny Rowe, my co-host, um, and telling my chance to tell my story as far as you know, my childhood, uh, my addiction, my recovery, and my today. And this episode kind of falls into that. So we'll do a brief recap, you know, and all of those things um, and lead into, this is like an, the second part of why I started uh, Next Fix. And today I have a very special guest, um, one of my biggest supporters throughout my sobriety journey. We have actually worked together um, now at three different um, jobs mm -hmm. and currently work at the same job. And Chrissy is the makeup artist guru, as well as in the ballroom, the runway princess, <laughs> as well as just a really good friend. And so Chrissy, welcome to Next Fix. Thank you so much for having me, literally. <laughs> Um, you know, this, I had to, you know, I had to readjust the schedule, you know, I had to readjust episodes and whatnot. So, um, it was, who could I go to that I knew would have my back and also that would be knowledgeable. And of I course I had to pick the princess. Are <laughs> <heard> you? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, did you get to see episode one? I actually loved episode one. Um, I was so excited leading up to this. So, like, even when we went on live on TikTok, like, and or seeing your videos that you were posting, I just got so excited and happy for you. And I was so glad that someone like Sonny and others had that like-minded conversation with you to be like, hey, you have something on your hands. And if you don't share your story, you don't know how much eye-opening it can be for somebody that one has either experienced that themselves has had lovers or relationships where that they've experienced that on another end you get what I'm saying so um first and foremost thank you for not only having me but thank you for this um thank you for again having tough conversations thank you for being so free about like your sobriety thank you for being so free about your addiction and even the processes episode one gave me so much detail on like why you respond the way that you respond um and i've noticed these things and i've been around you for years and not even know that wow this is why you do this like this and we'll get more into depth of what i'm actually talking about but episode one put me in a lot of context as to like who really Roy is like in a bigger show. And I, and I'm a type of person that'd be like, I know Roy type of situation, but then put more context to it. That I'm like, now I feel like I have me, you know, to go off of. And it made, it made my heart smile. Actually. I was so glad when like, you'll start talking and you'll start going a mile a minute. And then Sonny had to bring it back. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's take it back to the juicy part and then bring it, spin the block again. I loved that. I just love the energy you all had, and I just appreciated this outlet. Like, thank you again. Well, um, you know, it is, I can't tell you the response that I got from episode one, how, number one, humbling it is to have the amount of support um, mm -hmm. that I have. The amount of messages that I got from people that I know care about me, um, and that, you know, really 
vibe with me and are really there for me. Mm -hmm. um, I had a particular person who we always play get into it like that's our gimmick with each other and she reached out um in the in, you know sent me a um text message um and we don't text a lot mm -hmm. but we have each other's number so when her name popped up and she went on to say you know how you know we have some shared experiences mm -hmm. and like it was the best two hours that she had spent in, in a, a long, long time, time. Um, me too. so that in, in itself is humbling but also gratifying to say that i am glad to be doing this work i am glad that i took this step and that i really mm -hmm. just do dove into this and you're right um you know part of why i started this is because i believe that we need to have hard conversations <laughs> our community, but society too. Ninja. Like we are, you know, um, LGBTQI plus focused mm -hmm. um, because that's um, my experience. That's um, a lot of my special guest um, experience. Mm -hmm. So I wanna make sure that, that, it, that we center that, that community, mm -hmm. but also acknowledge that domestic violence, substance use, sexual assault, um, mental health, um, homelessness, a lack of resources, um, affects and is tearing apart all communities, mm -hmm. right? So I don't want anybody to tune in and think that this is only for our community. No. It's for anybody that needs it. It's actually for everybody. When I got out of last first episode was, this is my story, but my story, and I think everybody should broaden their mindset, and which is when you approach me with the conversation and text me like, hey, can you do episode two, and this is what we would be talking about. I felt that it was so important that no one should little, put themselves in this box enough and say, oh, well, what Roy's lived experiences were would never affect me. Because guess what? It is affecting everybody, whether that you're a Republican, a Democrat, whether you're gay, straight, alien, animal, it still affects somebody in this trickle effect. So it affects the drug man. It affects the people that are addicted to a drug that don't know how to start the first step to that process. It affects somebody's mom and dad that are addicted to drugs, but a lot of people don't know that the first step of all of this to fix all of this is us to actually trust in one of another and helping one another. A lot of people, we don't have enough help. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know where to go for that help. But I also say shame, shame on the person for not even wanting to reach for the help because the close mouth never gets fed. So I think that's my, uh, you know, and when I envisioned this and when I was setting up the groundwork and the foundation for the podcast, mm -hmm. it was, and that's where... Um, oh, shout out to my good friend, Courtney, who made me um, my Next Fix podcast first shirt. Yeah, Courtney, um, can I have one? Exactly. And <laughs> um, did an amazing job. Definitely. And, you know, our subtitle or motto for Next Fix podcast is hope, strength, and purpose, right? Nice. So, um, you know, I got to respond lead back to responses, right? And that hard conversations and this kind of ties in. Um, as I shared, you know, there was so, I had a family that was behind me throughout all my madness and craziness, right? Mm -hmm. And I just took that for granted. Um, in response to the first episode, mm -hmm. you know, I'll be honest, my family hasn't shared 
my, uh, you know, shared any of my stuff leading up to the first episode. Mm -hmm. I think they were also a little bit like scared. What's going to happen? How's this going to go? And my sister was the first one. Um, She was very, wow, awesome, great job. Like she was so, you know, told me she was so proud of me. Mm -hmm. And she watched the whole thing through. My mom had to do it in pieces. I think, I I don't know. So this is Mm -hmm. my thought. I don't, she didn't really unpack that. Mm -hmm. I think some of it was, A, she was probably working as she was listening, Mm -hmm. but B, um, a lot of that may have been triggering for her. Of course. So it goes to show that hard conversations have to be had, but quality things and a better, A, understanding um, potentially a better way and a better life come out of hard conversations. You know what that is? It's um, that's self therapy. Mm-hmm. We all technically do a certain form of self therapy, and I think that hard conversations are one of those things that is the ability that we naturally have. Is you know, I know I believe in God. I don't know, I, not to against anybody in their religious or religious purposes, but our higher power, our higher being has given us abilities that we naturally just have. And hard conversations is one of those things that for you to get over a hump, for you to break a pattern, for you to change things in your life, or for you to have that type of situation, it's, hey, I got to have this tough conversation and it's going to be hard. I'll shed tears. I'll cringe. I'll probably want to relapse 80 times and some more stuff, but it's about that hard. I got to get over this or I got to at least initiate this. Um, I think if we had more uncomfortable conversations, we probably would have world peace. Uh, you know, and you have to think that, um, you know, so we keep it all in. It doesn't, it doesn't do us any good, right? And I was very clear on that why I am, why I was able to achieve nine years and, you know, hold it now at nine years and some change of sobriety is because I finally verbalized, right? I finally had those tough conversations Mm -hmm. and, you know, our community has to have this, has to have multiple tough conversations. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to hit on the highlights, but we would need probably four or five episodes <laughs> to hit on all the, the <laughs> all the topics of the hard conversations yeah. that our community needs to have. Um, but I really want to start in the conversation of um, normal, normalizing, accepting other people. And so the reason that I picked that, and that honestly was on the fly just right now, um, is because normalizing, meeting people where they are, and just accepting people for who they are, Mm -hmm. is normalizing the fact that we all don't look alike. Mm -hmm. We all have different backgrounds. We have different struggles. Um, Mental health um, can... Mental health positivity and mental health struggles can all look different, but they all have some type of common connection or Mm -hmm. intersexuality, right? So um, it's big that we talk about these things. And I think that our community, um, specifically, the broad and um, sociably acceptable way that people advertise their drug usage now, not only on apps, but in real life person, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're out, when we're at functions, hell, even when we're at work, you know, that 
you know, oh, well, I do this. And it's became so sociably acceptable that people do that, that we're not phased by what they're saying when they randomly hit you up on one of the apps, whether that be Grindr, Jack, Scruff, any of those apps, Mm -hmm. um, and say, do you party with no type of lead in conversation with no type of, we haven't ever spoke. There's nothing in our chat law. That's the only thing they've said. You, literally you initiated and your first contact first, is first contact is do you party? <laughs> and it's like, it's bold. Number one. And two, I think it's, I think it's two things for me. One, it's, we have to take real ownership and not just feel like, Oh, this looks this is okay with me and I'm comfortable with what I do. And that's my ownership. No, real ownership looks like this is what I do. And how does this have a cause and effect for me? Am I doing this? Am I doing it socially? Am I doing this? And am I relying on it for sex or sexual pleasure? Or do I not have enough money or funds? Or do I not not know where to get the drug from? It's like, what a... Where are you going with this? And I think for my community, one thing that I would really want to know is we came a long way from years ago when a lot of things were taboo and we didn't talk about those things and it was very closeted and secretive. I like the style somewhat of what we have now about being like open and frank because that's even in certain people's bios from my understanding. Like the girls have no problem with saying the amount of things they do, how they get down. And, you know, if you're not about this or that, don't come, you know, don't message me, things of that nature. But if you're that comfortable with yourself, then you should be able to have a a uncomfortable conversation about. All right. But what about when I want to wing off of this? Exactly. But I think in the midst of it, th- that's my second part. In the midst of it, it's like, this fun and games. Like, I'm having a good time. I'm living young, wild, and free. But then what about when you're elder at that point? You Your body not working no more. Your teeth is out. Like, are you okay with self at that point? And not to say you're not because that's a part of that meeting somebody where they're at. Mm-hmm. Even my father, like, I had to meet him where he was at at his you know, point of his, you know, journey and sobriety and things of that nature, or even in his addiction. And I had to just become comfortable with that. So if me as a child has to come comfortable with that, everybody in my community, I hold them to that. And that's probably the uncomfortableness about it is I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to give you your space as well too. And everybody has all their life traumas that they have on them. And sometimes they tag that along to why they do what they do. And I understand that. I'm totally sympathetic to that. And I give that free space. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a point where there's a breaking point and you got to. For sure. Figure something and, out, boo. And the, and the, the, the way that it's become so easy to put the, you know, lowercase P A R with a capital T and a lowercase Y for, you know, and asking, do you party? Mm-hmm. And that capital T meaning Tina, which we know to be crystal meth. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, and I think that people need to understand um, that not everybody that drinks alcohol, not everybody that smokes weed, not everybody that may do the occasional bump or whatever. Not that I'm promoting people should go out and try it and start because I'm not. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying at all. But I'm also under the mindset that just because I have addict ways and that I had an addiction Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you do or the next person does. Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody does. I know people 
real life know people that will drink one weekend and I'm maybe not drink for another three months. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or may decide that they want to indulge in extracurricular activities on this weekend because mm -hmm. maybe it's their birthday. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's mm -hmm. market days. Maybe it's the first day of summer. You know, whatever the case may be, they do it that night. They go home when it, the party's over. Mm -hmm. But once it becomes that everything that you do has to involve drinking, um, doing bumps, um, doing Tina. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, that's all that you do. You can't do anything. You can't go to a kickback. You can't go to a movie night without stopping and getting a bottle and having a bag in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's when it becomes, okay, you might want to reevaluate your situation because as somebody that didn't reevaluate the situation, mm -hmm. you are headed into a book that I helped write chapters in and it's not okay. But you know, I also, something I didn't say in the first episode that I kind of saved for this episode was, is that I believe that how we have seen the uptick in Tina usage inside our community specifically mm -hmm. is, is because it is a drug that over-sexualizes you. So when you take it, you become very sexual, right? Mm -hmm. You you become very horny. You mm -hmm. want to mm -hmm. get down with the get down, right? Okay. And all those limitations that you have on, that you would sober, you'd be like, oh, well, I really I'm don't get into that. that. I'm mm -hmm. not, mm -hmm. but now you're like, oh, girl. Sky's the limit. <laughs> and Clearly. let's do it. And as many people as possible, right? Oh. Um, I think that people wind up using Tina one of three ways, right? Mm -hmm. You wind up in a place, A, you wind up in a place and you do it out of curiosity because everybody else is doing it, mm -hmm. right? Um, B, you have some type of hookup slash client mm -hmm. um, or person that has some type of persuasive power over you, say, you need to do this. Okay. And three. Peer pressure. No, it's not even peer pressure. Um, that kind of falls in all of them, okay. right? All of it is peer pressure, right? Yeah, in a way. Essentially. Um, it's that you have kinks or fetishes, right? Mm. That you're, you and the community may not accept mm -hmm. so freely, right? Okay. Um, you know, there's people that are into feet. Mm -hmm. There's people that are into raw sex. There's people that are into the, the leather stuff. So mm -hmm. bondage, the harnesses, the floggers, mm -hmm. you know, that type of stuff. There's people that are into role play. Mm -hmm. There's people that are into somebody um, being very dominant and they're very submissive or they're into being very submissive and they want somebody very dominant, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you have conversations with friends that don't really know or you're in a group and you hear somebody reading that type of that that type of fetish mm -hmm. kink or interest then you're automatically like oh no well let me tell you like i said all your limitations go away when you get in the rooms where crystal meth is the the centerpiece mm -hmm. right um and you go there and you're seeing all these things happen right and it goes back to the old analogy that if you sit in the barbershop long enough you'll get a haircut <laughs> so if you attend these parties where you know that these things long are enough. happening you're going to end up hitting the pipe or doing a bump, or even worse, injecting, injecting mm -hmm. right? So we have to normalize that people have kinks and fetishes, um, and yeah, it's okay. True. And it goes back to, it is my preference. 
preference, right? Meet and somebody where they at. And it and, and okay, so you're not into that, right? right. Um, or bottom shaming, mm-hmm. or you know, um, there's just all kinds of different things. People enjoy being cum dumps. You know what I'm saying? And does and enjoy anonymous sex Mm -hmm. where they just are face down the doors open and they allow whoever to come and they don't ask any questions they don't look at them they don't want to know that is to you that may be like i would never Mm -hmm. and that's okay you don't have Mm -hmm. to but that's what they're into and it doesn't make them less of a person right and we have to understand that it's not just people on drugs and alcohol that are doing those things there are people that do those things stone cold sober yes because that's but what that's what they into. like. Thank you. That's what they like. I think um, what makes I was surprised growing up that like I'm like okay, you know, you have a conversation with yourself. You're like, who do I want to be when I get older? Like, what do I want to be when I get older? And in our community, there's the sky is clearly like the limit on. It's only a couple ways you can go, but I started to mold myself into this person that. When people meet me, you either have a preconceived notion of me and or you meet me and then you really know who I am. And then it's like, oh, well, I can't define you like I define all of my other groups of friends or whatever. And I like that for me because it forced people. It had me be the eyeball because I have to force people to meet me where I was at and be that person that you're like, I accept you for who you are and how you are. And I'm going to kick it with you. We're going to go every, anywhere and I'm cool with you. But I feel like everybody should have that approach to everybody in the world. And hence my comment about world peace. If we stop judging somebody so much, it wouldn't be a problem about what a lot of people do. There's problems about what people do because they start to mistreat themselves. It's about self-love. It's not about nothing else. A lot of these people do not love themselves. A lot of people in general don't love themselves or have things that they battle with on a daily basis. We all are battling with something. I don't care what nobody says. But you can work hard to... Take all that stigma out. Take all that extra things that are thrown at somebody and stuck on somebody. I don't have those tattooed on me, boo. You might feel that way or you might think those things, but we have to, when we make a clip at that, we would be a better as a, as a people. We then probably could have those uncomfortable conversations because then people might be like, hey, yeah, so, I want to talk to you about being sober. And then we look at, okay, so we said, you know, meeting and accepting people for who they are, right? Um, Please. And then normalizing that everybody's going to have their, and here's the thing. You may not eat a certain kind of food. You you may not like, you may not like (laughs) a certain kind of music. I love country music. Not many of my friends are down with country music Mm -hmm. and people that really know me, know me, know that I'm going to give that, Mm -hmm. especially if I'm driving, I'm the captain. You can't tell me anything about that, you know? (laughs) Um, And, but it is what it is. So you have to understand that we're all different, but being so judgmental in the reads that happen instead of having hard conversations. Another point that I want to say before I go into another major um, uh, portion of the hard conversations Mm -hmm. is, is that, um, you know, we take, we're doing all this, right. And, and, we're reading people, right? And we see people out here that um, we're hanging out in the summertime. You know what Belmont and Halstead's mm-hmm. like in the summertime. We're all out. And then the, the the person you ain't seen in a while, right? And they walk up and we've all had questions or we've all had a small notion or inkling that they've 
gone off on some type of path mm-hmm. that doesn't equate them have been in, being around us for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then we see them and instantly characteristics change and all their of appearance that, all that time. And we know we something's them. up. Right. But we see them, they walk up and they're like, Oh, Hey Chrissy. And you know, we give them a hug. Oh, Hey girl. It's so good to mm-hmm. see you. Where you been? Oh my gosh. And then they walk off. And the minute they walk off, the people are reading, oh, you know, she's out there bad. Mm-hmm. She ain't got nowhere to live. She's doing that shit, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. Instead of taking the time to, you know, love on that person in the moment and then finding an opportunity to pull them off to the side and take a walk and check in with them and say, hey, hey, how are you doing? You know what that is? It's too hard to do what you're about to explain right now. And I want you to explain what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. But it's too hard and people do not want that job to be able to do. So it's easier to say, let me read her to my good girlfriend, stuff like that. And miss the whole, you missed your mission Mission that mm-hmm. really was out there for you. So but what should we do? What should we be doing? How should we be? Well, I think that we do person? and we read because I also think it's a comfortability thing, right? I think that it, it's, true? you know, I think that it's... It's easier to do that mm-hmm. than right than Talk have that out. hard converse that hard conversation. But you know, we want to be community, especially with our community, especially with the LGBTQIA plus mm-hmm. community. We want everybody to accept our community, right? We want to be accepted, but we don't want to manage. We don't want to manage our own community right mm-hmm. um and that's where we get to the point of we need to pull people off you need to have a you need to do a check-in maybe you don't address it in that conversation mm-hmm. but you exchange you make sure that we have updated contact information information mm-hmm. all those things and then we move into you know you build the trust to where you can have the conversation and finally you do get to the point where you say hey girl I don't know what's going on, but we need to have a conversation I love you mm-hmm. I care about you and you and I both know something's going on. So you can sit here and you can tell me nothing's going on, but we're just going to keep sitting here. Mm-hmm. And you you have to hold that that hard boundary of, we're going to have this conversation mm-hmm. because I care about Whether you. Whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to and do. And even if you don't know the right approach to do that harm reduction, ask somebody that you know would do that work. You get what I'm saying? Ask them for the tools. It's not, look, this do not come for a a subscription on Netflix or nothing like that. It is something we all had to teach ourselves. We had to get around like-minded people to learn those things. So it's as simple as asking someone, and if you don't feel that you're strong enough or equipped with that, there are people out here to do those things. And there's people out here that... It will feel less judgmental, and I, I'm being honest. I know it can come off harsh and uncomfortable coming from somebody that you know. If I am out here using very harshly, you end up, I go missing, and or don't be seen for years, and I come back, and you see me, and you like, now I know something up with you, sis. And I come to you, and now me and you have that thing where you're going to pull me aside, it's not going to give that intermediate time to do all of that. But if you didn't have those skills... Having somebody else have that conversation might actually take a different effect. Everybody has a different approach on when they want to just say, hey, I need some assistance. Mm-hmm. And that's all. It, it, it can literally be assistance. Cause, and another thing we do have to know to interject on that is that someone just becoming 100% sober is not the fix of it. Mm-mm. That is not even halfway of the battle. Even if someone is still using periodically a, pro, a 
upon that situation, that's still somewhat of an adjustment as to what the lifestyle they were living before. So, yeah. And it is, um, you know, and it's understanding that you don't have to have the um, the all the answers, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the skill set. Mm-hmm. But what you do have to have is a little bit of compassion for yes. a person. And so you don't know how to have the conversation. You're not comfortable with having the conversation, but you know that somebody else in this circle also has a connection or a friendship with that Mm -hmm. person. So you pulled that person off, off to the side, and you say to them, I, uh, this is what I, you know, I don't know how to do this. What do we do? And maybe that person's equipped, but it's not a read session. It's actually a conversation done out of concern, Mm -hmm. right? So we do have one more place. uh, We do have one more topic, but before we get to that topic and go into the rest of today's agenda for this episode, I do want to take a short break. We will be right back. Thank you so much. Come right back here momentarily. All right, we are back. So this portion, before we jump into um, the last two topics that I had for the hard conversation, each episode, I want to do a five-minute shout-out to talk about a community-based business organization or agency, um, just as some some promo for them. Um, And today's actually going to someone who has supported me. I reached out to them and it shows the intersectionality intersectionality of um, Next Fix Podcast Mm -hmm. with everybody. I reached out to this person. They have a huge following on Twitter. They are the CEO of Pleasure You, which is an adult content brand. Mm -hmm. And when I reached out to him, he said, do you want me to share it on all? Or he said, do you want me to share it? Can I share it? And I said, I would love for you to share it. He not only shared it on his main page, this man has like seven Twitters Mm -hmm. that have hundreds of thousands of Mm -hmm. followers. And that very first teaser video got like 58,000 views on Twitter. Um, So I'm grateful for that. And that's support. That's support. That's what support looks like. Um, and did it with no qualm. There wasn't, I didn't have to beg, plead, or anything. It was sure, just send it to me. I'll get it shared. And he did it. And that person is Derek Chanel, the CEO of Pleasure You. I love Derek big. Uh, Derek and I have worked um, together through my time at Progress um, through their charitable event mm-hmm. um, for or their charitable organization, Chanel Cares Charity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's ballroom, you know, from the Chanel house in the ballroom scene. Um, but he has now branched out to make. Um, it is called Pleasure You Foundation. All right. It's a non-for-profit. Um, Pleasure Found uh, Pleasure You Foundation is empowering through education, and with the guidance of Dr. Tatiana Moten, they have made it official that um, Pleasure You Foundation is going to be up and running. Um, it is in the works. I am so excited about it. Their mission and objectives are focus on education, advocacy, and support for HIV prevention and treatment, mm-hmm. work to reduce stigma associated with HIV, particularly in the sex industry. And on here, he has more information coming. Obviously, it has a really cute um, 
I have no idea what I just did. It has a really cute logo and everything. Derek, I am so happy about this. I am so excited. Next, How proud of you, Uncle. So uh, NextFix is here to support. We want to collaborate. We want to do everything we can, which also this is perfect. It plays into um, what is coming in our next part of the hard conversations. But please make sure that you not only go fo follow Derek Chanel, on Facebook and Instagram, mm -hmm. as well as the Pleasure You string of pages. Lord have mercy, this man has pages. There's like Pleasure You TV, there's Pleasure You Too, there's Pleasure You um, Trans Focused. Um, please go follow. Mm -hmm. And yes, the adult industry plays into Next Fix. Okay. I'm going to have Derek on later on in the season, hopefully not too late in the season. Um, but Derek is also a very busy person that's catching flights and doing all this, you business, know, and man. very business and very booked and busy. <laughs> but make sure that you follow so that you can keep updated with Pleasure You Foundation. Again, Derek, congratulations. I am so excited. Please, um, all of my followers, all the listeners, all the viewers, please go check it out. You never know what they may have that you may need, mm -hmm. right? So that brings me to uh, back to the hard conversations where we were talking about, you know, we talked about accepting folks. We talked about, um, you know, normalizing kinks and fetishes as just that. Those are people's preferences. They, they're not yours. You don't have to agree with them. You're not into it. Cool. You just move on, right? Mm -hmm. Now we get to another big thing that our community and that I personally experience, and I want to believe that people experience to some degree throughout life in general, and that's mental health. Mm -hmm. And being able to say that therapy works. Yes, it does. And there is so much stigma around mental health, right? Mm -hmm. um, that we don't want to say, I'm depressed. We don't want to say, I go to therapy. We don't want to say, I'm struggling with processing X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. We all experience trauma to some degree throughout life, right? Mm -hmm. um, some more than others, some very traumatic situations, mm -hmm. some not so traumatic, but no matter if it's not that traumatic or it's super traumatic, it's mm -hmm. still traumatic, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to normalize going to therapy. We have to normalize saying, I can't do this on my own, so what can I do to do it? Mm -hmm. And this, go, this is one of the topics that goes to every community, mm -hmm. people in general, when I tell you I am 100% the supporter of therapy, therapy saved my life. And therapy isn't only talking about the bad stuff. And I think people, that's part of the stigma around therapy is, is that we go to therapy because our lives is fucked up. We're depressed. We're going through something. But now in my life, I talk about the good stuff. I process the good stuff. This, what, what, what is being created right here. This is a form of therapy. It, and it's, it is a form of, form of therapy, <laughs> but it's also something that I have to process. Mm -hmm. I had to process all the love and the support that I've got, gotten since starting this mm -hmm. journey because it became over, over, overwhelming. overwhelming. And then you also play into, I don't want to fail at this. No. But you process it and understand that you just got to take a deep breath and we just got to work through it. But I think in our community um, that it's not talked about enough. I don't think it's promoted enough. I do think that we've came from years of our parents and their parents were never therapy people. Mm -hmm. Being fair, calling it a, calling the spade a spade. For sure. Just being honest. I don't care how much people be like, Roy's white. 
girl. Roy's not that white. And even if he had a very white background, like them being like super strict, how we would perceive Caucasians to be, some of them don't even be in therapy. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are start in therapy, but even in your happy and sad moments, even through your childhood trauma and or your adult trauma, you need to be in therapy and or doing things that are therapeutic for oneself. That's why self-care is so important now in life. Everyone loves self-care day. Everyone loves to do things for themselves now. I think queer people, LGBTQ plus people, etc. I think they're afraid of therapy. I think therapy peels a lot of layers off of oneself and it makes you strip to where you're just bare. And a lot of people in the LGBT community do not want to be there because we've gotten so many layers like an onion over us. And we've, it's like when we, we always feel like, oh, well, when I got in the gay community, I boost myself 10 years. So now I'm really, I'm dang near knocking on 40 mm -hmm. in, in the community at this point, being fair. And it added so many layers, but that's because it's added so much additional trauma that I never had before. Mm -hmm. Or I, or fixed some of my trauma that I did have before. Mm -hmm. Meeting people that I never met before, gender, sexualities, learning about my gender and sexuality more, learning where I want to align myself in this world or how people want to receive me, whether it's in this space, outside, at the corner store, at the Starbucks, in the office setting. Um, I do think that we as a, and I can speak for self too, mm -hmm. there's certain moments where I feel like I done sat in a counseling session with people before, and I felt like there was nothing there. Like, I felt like it was bare. Surface. I felt it's like— It's very surface yeah. value. So in my adult now—and I, I have this conversation with my mom, too. Shout out to my mom because she loves Roy so much, and she's like, oh, my God, I love I the episode. I do love me much. Naomi. <laughs> I do love me her. She encourages therapy so much. She was going to therapy, and, like, she was just like, Chris, I really encourage you to do that. Like, I think you would be so much of a different person. You, I think you would have a different air to you, and I promote that not only— Finding somebody that is for you, because what I kept telling her is I do not want to sit around somebody that is going to what people think typical. Oh, you're going to ask me. So how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about that? Or so how does that make you feel? I don't want to hear those things. I'd rather somebody be honest and blunt with me about the things that are happening and what I'm explaining to them so that I can kind of like it'd be like a boomerang and it come back to me how I dished it out. And so that I can understand it and digest it because that's what I need to do. Our community lives such this fast paced life that we just skip over that we need to fix certain things. And if we don't fix those things, we'll be tarnished forever. And we're just going to continue to live that life and be bitter. Cause a lot of gays are bitter for sure. And I think that, you know, being conscious of our mental health and working through things that we've been through in life um, is so important, specifically in our community, you know, um, and when it becomes to relationships, we see all these people that love to argue. Now, granted, here I am, a single person. We're, I'm not saying that I have the best relationship advice, mm -hmm. okay? Because I've been single every year. I've been single, I think I dated a person for like six months since I've been sober. So we're talking about eight and some change where I've actually been single. Um, so I'm not the person, I guess, to get relationship advice from. But from the outside looking in, going, you all argue and fight and craze. But if you actually sat down and dealt with individually what's going on within and then come together and work on and process. Be a power couple. 
what's going on as a unit that it'd probably be but we have to end that that it starts with you yeah exactly and the the stigma around being able to to say i need help i need to process and therapy is not that you know it's like it's not that hard yeah i mean it is hard but i'm saying to be able to go it shouldn't be that hard to be like i need to and it, I say help, but I also don't want to add that onto it because some people, there's stigma around saying I want help, right? Mm-hmm. But that's actually what you're doing. You are getting help. So I guess I don't need mm-hmm. to sugarcoat it. I don't no, need to, to fancy it up. So yeah, I think mental health is another thing and bringing mental health awareness. I actually can't wait. I have a person, their name's Dale, and um, they are coming on. They are a licensed therapy, uh, or licensed therapy. They're a licensed therapist, <laughs> and they have a laundry list of special areas that they focus on mm-hmm. uh, a couple of them that i know are like substance use um they are also lgbtqia plus centered mm-hmm. they also do kink and fetish leather therapy um mm-hmm. and i can't wait to have them on and they're going to list off and that we're going to go over all that and so we're going to revisit mental health and therapy again mm-hmm. um and but yeah so i promote therapy as well um i'm not one that has found a therapist yet but when i do i want that type of experience sure. for myself. I know my boundary with it at this point, mm-hmm. but I also know that I do things in group settings as far as therapy. Sure. Um, I know that I do things as far as extracurricular as therapy. I know that I do makeup as therapy. I've turned that as a business for myself, but that, that was essentially art therapy for me. That wasn't, that was where I had to find myself and I had to find myself. I was actually single at that point when I first started doing that. So knowing you have to ask yourself, who am I? What am I? What am I wanting to grow into? And a lot of people are scared of those conversations and they chase it and mask it with all of those extra preservatives. And until you really love on yourself and like, really, you can't love nobody else. Like RuPaul really hit it on the head when they said that because like literally I can't I can't love on me if I can't I can't love on you if I can't love on me I can only love on you and be able to have this type of interaction if I'm loving on me when I approached when we approached each other and we met down the street at fantasy mm-hmm. if I didn't love me and I was going through the wildest things I wouldn't have never been able to give you off that era energy that you would have been able to receive because you would have gave, I don't really like her. Yeah. So that's, you know, it is, you know, you do have to love yourself before you can love someone else. Um, But mental health is such a a major thing um, that we will be talking about multiple Mm -hmm. times. The uh, final part of the hard conversations that I feel that our community um, and every community need to have is HIV um, prevention, and this is where I said the Pleasure You Foundation and their whole mission and objective as far as education around prevention and treatment to end the stigma it's around so it smart. is so, um, so, 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 so important. And needed. Yes, and needed. So this, you know, and this is a great segue um, from hard conversations to our next um, topic, and that is... Um, that yeah, you know, HIV, we need to talk about that, right? I think that where we are now versus where we were 10 years ago is so much better. 
Now you take for, yeah. now you take no you shit. know medication. Uh, the U equals U, meaning that if you are undetectable, it's untransmittable, and we need to stop the whole process. I can't date now. It's a choice thing. Maybe you're not comfortable with it, but the people that are the most uneducated about HIV are the ones that have the most to say Girl. about HIV. And it's like, let me tell you something. If you just took a little time to even do a Google search. Okay, now granted, we've been a non-for-profit. And this is what I was telling um, somebody that is much younger than me. You would be amazed. So if we took, right, and I was explaining to them because they were telling me about an experience. And I was like, you would be amazed that if the government took this plane, right, and they let out this dust over the country, right, Mm -hmm. and... That dust lands on everybody because everybody's standing outside, and then all of a sudden a black light comes on, and the people that are positive glow. You'd be a, you'd be very surprised about the people standing to your left and your right and in front and behind you that you know so well that are positive, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't know because they take care of themselves, right? They they do everything that they're supposed to do, and even for those ones that haven't quite got to the care level that they need to be, mm-hmm. there's still a nod, you know? So it's no different than diabetes, right? No. It's no different than asthma. high blood pressure, asthma. Um, it's no different than whatever other disease that there is, you know? And yes, it is a disease. Yes, it is an infectious disease. We, I understand that, and I'm not taking away from that. But... The stigma that is around it, mm-hmm. and that is what our second. So we're going to go ahead, and I'm kind of announcing the second, but we're we're talking about eliminating stigma on different things inside our mm-hmm. community, and I'm going to start with HIV because I feel like that has the biggest, and it's also the hard conversations that we have to also be having. HIV and AIDS has had a bad rep. Wait, hold on one second. So everybody knows um, Chrissy is actually a certified HIV tester and counselor. So this is a topic that they have not only, you know, the experience of being in the community and being around it, but they have professional experience. So I wanted to point that out. Yeah, I've um, quick, quick backstory. I actually have family members who are openly HIV positive and it hit home when I was able to say like, um, shout out to Marissa Miller and Beverly Ross who have gotten me into the actual work. I took a like small little like vacate to Orlando um, and did this um, program. It was like this initiative program with Aviv and um I would never forget that weekend. Um, And I learned so much. I learned so many big words that now are like so normal to me because they become normal in our conversation on an everyday basis at this point that um, I appreciate that back that back intro to this so much more because I know now why I fight so hard to like not only just end the epidemic but also to educate the masses because I feel that if we know at least that special part that you said people don't even do that google search or everyone has tiktok and everybody's on tiktok and a video that's so funny can get up to a million views and then why are you not able to just educate yourself just a little bit about this being an immune attacking disease Mm -hmm. and that 
it attacks your immune system. People don't even know that it attacks your white blood cells. Like it, it just does. Some people don't even know they have white blood cells. Some people don't even know that the white blood cells help us when we get common colds. And the only thing that it does for somebody that has HIV is that if you were to get that, it just heightens your chances of having an even more worse cold than before because you just have less of that count. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do not know that when they have risky sex, it's okay to use the same things that we've known for years to just eliminate certain things. You can't, you can't catch it if you use too much lubrication. You can't catch it if you use a thinner condom. It's so many like ways and creative ways that you can have actual intimate sex. And that's another thing. A lot of people just have what we would consider risky sex, but it's really frivolous sex. You're just out there just having sex just to just be having sex. What happened to, like, the intimacy mm-hmm. about this? Like, the monogamy. That's the, the hookup culture. That, you know, alluring. Because then in those cases, you really didn't even have to have much of insertive sex to really be like, dang, I had the best session with this person. Mm-hmm. What happened to uncomfortable conversations? Now, I'm performing at-home testing on people. That means that you can take that same kit home with you. And do the same exact thing that I did on and shared on live in front of everybody on my social platforms the other day. And I felt that I that that was a need because I one don't see no one doing it. Mm-hmm. And two, if it was that easy for me to do it, I just would hope that it would be that easy for another person to do it. For sure. I do feel that it is an uncomfortable conversation to have. It is something that has been attacked and thrown on the LGBTQ community and everyone feels like, oh, you're you're gay. If you have, uh, then but- you have HIV. And it's it's just the stigma around it. I just wish that we would stop judging one another and we would actually just start acting as if all of us should be worried about our health, to be honest, regardless if you are HIV positive or not. Those that are not HIV positive and have those non-educated moments, I think you should sit back and worry about your personal health first and then go in to, and if you're going to worry about somebody else, worry about how you can help them out exactly and i think that you know it is a thing of like oh you know there's so many different things so you equals you meaning i like i said if you're undetectable it's untransmittable but it's also that you can go get prep now anybody can go get prep and prep is you know the ability to take this pill that will um help prevent you from becoming hiv positive Mm -hmm. because here's the thing let's be honest you know 10 15 years ago Raw sex was taboo, right? Mm-hmm. Now, every you know what? they love raw sex. They won't, t- they, and that's the thing. The stigma what around said, raw sex. If it ain't raw, it ain't law. No, no, raw is law. Oh, <laughs> uh, raw, raw is, is law. law. It shouldn't yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: if you want to do that, that's the harm reduction model, and that's where I'm getting right. at around, um, you know, which takes us into the next um and final portion of this episode is harm reduction. And I'm going to hit harm reduction really uh, quickly um, because it'll be another portion of, um, it'll be another episode um, because I'm going to bring on some other stuff uh, regarding harm reduction. But I want to say harm reduction is important. As a sober person, people think that I'm all about abstinence and sobriety, right? Mm -hmm. But I also know from my own experience and working with folks that um, struggle with substance substance use disorder Mm -hmm. that um, 
it is better to a meet somebody where they're at understand that when they are ready to get clean or attempt to get clean they will let you know mm -hmm. so now it is my job to make sure that whatever you're doing you're doing safely as possible right Amen. so harm reduction around hiv is is that a you can do old school mm -hmm. use a condom b you can get on prep mm -hmm. c if you are positive it's okay. You are still a person. You are still, uh, your worth is still as Same. much as a person that is not positive. And so, yeah, you make sure that you're on your medications. You go to your, mm -hmm. your, your appointments, that you get your blood work done and all of those things. Um, so, yes, and harm reduction is such a big topic that I really am saving for my harm reduction episode. Um, episode, but I just wanted to touch on it because it kind of played it into the end of this. this. So, um, you know, we have in harm reduction, I'm a big supporter of it. It also plays out into, and not to keep going back to substance use, but um, there is um, medically assisted treatment now. So mm -hmm. that's your Suboxone for people that are, are battling with opioid addiction. Mm -hmm. There's also a, a drug or a pill, and I believe a shot that they can give to, to folks that are struggling with alcoholism. Okay. And that if you were to drink alcohol, it like makes you sick or wow. you know so, so it makes it, it distasteful it makes it distasteful for you um but those are important things and there's a lot of people in the addiction addiction recovery treatment world mm -hmm. that are against harm reduction that are against um uh mat or medically assisted treatment and i'm not and next fix podcast isn't okay um and <laughs> It just is what it is. I've always been, you know, you know how I am. Mm -hmm. Girl, it is what it is. You don't like it. I, I really Bye. can't. But the thing is, is I believe in it because it works. Mm -hmm. Harm reduction it works. Does. And we're going to go so much more into harm reduction in that, in the harm reduction episode. But there is harm reduction that can be done to end stigma yes. around um, HIV, HIV usage. usage, all of it. Mental health. Harm reduction can be done every day of the week. 24-7. It should be being done. And if it do, if it did, then we'd have more people like me and you. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I appreciate it. And, that's, and that's, the goal that, that's the goal that where we're at. That's the mission that mm -hmm. I'm on is not only to help people, but to educate people yeah, as well. Deaf. And, you know, um, so Chrissy, I am so glad that you came today. Um, I appreciate you so much. The love that you have shown me um, in and out of workplace, the fact that I can text you, you got me, um, you know, little things like, you know, when you give me, a, you may give me a ride home and I cash up you $20 and you get so aggravated <laughs> and I'm like, but you did it. You know what it is? Um, and, you know, I'm sure that there is going to come a time where Chrissy comes back for another episode this season, next season, and all the seasons to come before, because it's just my good girlfriend and my sister. You're and right. I love her um, for that. But we are reaching the end of this episode, and I just wanted to take a moment at the end of every every episode and not only um, reiterate but clarify Next uh, Fix Podcast's mission, and that is to give hope to people. And with giving hope to that person, that should be able to build them the strength they need to 
gain the purpose, Mm -hmm. discover or rediscover their purpose to live life at their fullest potential. Mm -hmm. You can follow us on TikTok. That TikTok is RoyChris12. So that's R-O-Y-C-H-R-I-S-12. You can follow us on Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter. And both of those handles are exactly the same. It's Next Fix Podcast, all together, all lowercase. And most importantly, you can go and subscribe and follow us on YouTube at Next Fix 12. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for tuning in. It is another great episode. Again, thank you, Chrissy. Thank you to Delray uh, Productions, which is my production team and studio where I record that takes care of all my editing and all of them. Please go follow them on Instagram as well. And most importantly, like we said and like RuPaul says, If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone else?